0: Here's your Wealth Professional Morning Briefing for Monday, September 25th. The latest signal of how the Canadian economy is faring in the high inflation, high rates environment shows mixed fortunes for consumer spending. Statistics Canada's retail sales data was published Friday showing a 0.3% gain month over month in July to $66.1 billion, slightly below the 0.4% that the agency had expected in its advance estimate, with volume down 0.2% on an inflation-adjusted basis. Seven out of nine industries reported higher sales, despite 17% of Canadian retailers suffering from the port strikes in BC and core sales recorded a broad-based resilience. Motor vehicle and parts dealers posted a 1.6% month over month decline after several months of gains and gasoline stations were impacted by a drop in prices, although this is reversing. So what do the stats mean for interest rates? TD Economics economist Maria Solaviva noted that around half of mortgages originated before the current rate hiking cycle began will face renewals this year. Meanwhile, families who rely on a more interest rate sensitive consumer credit have already fully experienced the bitterness of higher rate medicine and retail sales in real terms are softening, she stated in a commentary. We think that weaker demand will translate into cooler inflation in the coming months, enabling the BOC to remain on hold for the rest of the year. CIBC's Catherine Judge agrees that further signs of economic weakness are incoming. We expect the employment rate to rise further ahead and, combined with the impact of mortgage renewals at higher interest rates, that will add pressure to consumption, likely leaving the BOC on hold for the rest of the year, she commented. Meanwhile Desjardins has revised its real GDP growth estimate to near zero for the third quarter and does not see a rate hike in the near term. Being able to determine the best economic decisions for oneself is a key part of a free democracy, but are Canadians losing their economic freedom? According to a new report from the Fraser Institute, they are. The study analyses the policies and institutions of 165 jurisdictions, including those relating to regulation, freedom to trade internationally, size of government, legal systems and property rights and sound monetary policy to rank jurisdictions for their economic freedom. Canada is in the top 10 for economic freedom and gained in the most recent report, which is based on 2021 data, the latest year when comparable data is available. But in one key metric, it has seen a decline in recent years, the size of government. Canada has the 26th fastest growing rate of government across the full period, which should concern Canadians, according to the Fraser Institute's Fred McMahon. For the first time since the rankings were established in 1970, Hong Kong is no longer the most economically free jurisdiction, having been replaced by Singapore. Switzerland, New Zealand, the United States, Ireland, Denmark, Australia and the United Kingdom complete the top 10, while Venezuela once again ranks last. Canada's small businesses want the Canadian government to reduce their overall tax burden so they can pay down debts. The Canadian Federation of Independent Business polled its members and found that 66% put reducing tax at the top of their wish list, ahead of flexibility around repayment of COVID-19 loans and reducing red tape. With the forgivable portion of CIVA coming to an end early in 2024, after an extension of just 18 days was granted by Ottawa, CFIB says that the cost of doing business is getting worse, especially with a hike in the employment insurance rate. CFIB research shows that a reduced tax burden would see businesses using the savings to pay down their debt, increase employee compensation such as wages and benefits, or to expand their business by innovating and or increasing production. And a non-profit founded by a former Wall Street executive aims to pique interest in the investment industry among Canadian high school girls. Rock the Street Wall Street is already running in the US and the UK and is now coming to the heart of the Canadian financial services industry with a new program in Toronto. The program offers racially diverse high school and secondary school girls additional opportunities to engage with math, something that is often a challenge before proactively selecting university courses and ultimately their career pursuits. It has proven success with those who've been through the programme achieving degrees in finance, economics and related fields at five times the rate of the average female university student. The initiative was founded by 25-year industry veteran Maura Cunningham, who is the CEO of the organization, which has the backing of leaders from BlackRock, JP Morgan, Scotiabank, Franklin Templeton, Invesco and many more across finance and other industries. One of those helping to bring the program to life in Toronto is Amy Miller, who was most recently Managing Director and Global Head of Loan Syndication with Scotiabank. She serves as the organization's inaugural advisory council member, focused on engagement in Toronto and overall reach across Canada. These stories in full at wealthprofessional.ca and in our newsletters. Plus, are US consumer stocks facing shocks? JP Morgan sees up to $150 billion inflows to India. And what's happening in the gold markets right now? For Wealth Professional Canada, I'm Steve Randall.